Case Johnston. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Victoria, for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is wonderful. What a beautiful evening. Um, so I'm going to jump right in, and I promise I will be out of here in five minutes and 20 seconds. And if you don't like the story, I hope you'll like the time. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this like every good Goldbergs episode ever did, that this, this happened in 1980-something. And I was in seventh grade at St. Joseph's Catholic Elementary School in Ogden, Utah, a little tiny school in the middle of Utah in the 1980s, a little tiny Catholic school in the middle of Utah in the 1980s. It was interesting. It was an interesting decade. Um, but we had a tradition every year that we had a field day. Did anybody else, anybody else have field days for, for school? So two days before school let out, they let us just go wild, right? I mean, this is a parochial Catholic school. We had a lot of rules. On that day, they just let us into Monroe Park. We had free dress. We could do whatever we wanted to do, and we did. You know, we played football and basketball, and we played tag, and we did everything we wanted to do. We ate pizza and threw up. It was wonderful. You know, and then we even rode the merry-go-round of death. If you know, does anybody know what that is? You know, those old merry-go-rounds where, and, and, and Father Starr was like six foot four, 240, all muscle. And he'd load up our entire class on that thing. And he would spin us, and kids would fly off. And they would meet in the middle of the air, and there were arms broken. There had to have been concussions before we were worried about concussions. Um, and we would slide down the metal slide, and we'd burn our legs off. And it was all wonderful, because it was field day, right? We looked forward to it all year. That was just the first, that was kindergarten through sixth grade for field day. We played a lot. We played like crazy all day. We were wild. But in seventh grade, everything changed, right? 12 and 13 years old, we no longer wanted to play. We wanted to be cool. We wanted to make our mark. We wanted to go out, you know, with girls and stuff. So in seventh grade, instead of playing all day, we, we gathered a bag of things and we went behind the bathroom at 8 a.m. the second we got there. And we had a plan because we wanted to make our mark that day. We wanted to be cool. And out of that bag, we pulled hairspray, gel, bandanas to wrap around our arms or our legs or our head or wherever. And then we pulled, every single one of us pulled out like a mini boom box. Right? You know the boom boxes? There's a reason why Gen Xers are deaf in at least one ear. It's because we would put those boom boxes on our shoulders and we would play them as loudly as we possibly could. And that day, we had the plan. We were going to change, and we were behind the bathrooms. And that's the one thing, we, one rule we couldn't do is get out of the eyesight of the nuns and priests and teachers. That was the one rule we couldn't do. We could not escape their view. But we did, because we had a plan. We were going to dress up. We were going to turn that corner. Boom boxes playing and we were gonna have fans, you know. Girls were gonna run to us, little kids were gonna ask for our autographs, we were gonna make our mark. So we turned that corner and we had picked the perfect song for a Catholic school in Utah. Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me. It was absolutely well curated by the six of us that day. And we sped it up and we, we put it in our boombox and we sped it up and we slowed it down, we sped it up so we all start at the same time. When we turned that quarter, it screamed I'm hot, sticky sweet, from my head to my feet. But we didn't get the audience that we expected. Nobody surrounded us. We got Sister Marilyn May and Sister Josephette. And within two seconds, they took everything from us, confiscated all of our stuff. 
And for that day, from 8 till 3, we had to sit next to them and write about how this music influences us and how the devil is in the music and how Jesus would not appreciate us listening to those lyrics. We sat there from 8 to 3, and at 3 p.m., they finally gave us all our stuff back. They gave us the boom box and the bandanas and the hairspray, but they didn't give us our Def Leppard tapes. I'm guessing they doused them in holy water and put them aflame. But that's just a guess. So now, 40 years later, I'm talking about this story. I have to admit, you know, I thought about what those nuns said to us that day about the influence of music can do and being close to Jesus and how we need to watch what we need to do because we, you know, it's important. We don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to introduce that type of music to kindergartners. And I've come up with one thing after 40 years that I really took away from that day, those moments with them and those teaching lessons. And that is, we picked the wrong song. Thank you. <laughs>